0: Hello, I'm Fiona Ritchie. My mother moved in with me a few years ago as she needed a little help to remain independent because she was losing her eyesight. My observational musings are the reason I remain sane. This is my weekly diary, so you know what shenanigans we've been getting up to. Mum seemed to be having a dizzy wobbly spell but as I start drinking quite early these days it was actually a couple of weeks before I realised it was her wobbling and not me. A test revealed that she had a low protein level so the first suggestion by the GP was to eat as much protein as possible and see if that did the trick. A further blood test proved this wasn't the case and so a scan was suggested. The doctor explained it would be at least six weeks until we got the appointment, which gave Mum ample time to get used to the idea she would have another trip to Bedford Hospital. Three days later, a letter arrived saying there was a free slot on Sunday morning. Well, that's stupid. It doesn't give me enough time, Mum claimed. For what? I inquired. For getting ready, idiot. I don't know at what age this happens, but Mum reached it a few years ago. Whenever she has an appointment, she won't eat or drink anything on that day, just in case. It doesn't matter how many times I tell her she might faint, dehydrate or die, she won't change her mind. I sort of understand where she's coming from, but collapsing on a waiting room floor through lack of drink and food seems a tad excessive. Mind you, at least she'd already be in hospital, so it would cut out all the delay waiting for an ambulance. Anyway, with the appointment confirmation came a list of instructions which included not wearing any metal. So knives, bullets and underwire bras were out. Nothing to eat, but Mum must drink at least a thousand millilitres of water. That's about 20 pints in old money. It's not actually, it's more like two, but the huffing complaining Mum vented when hearing the snippet made it sound like the clinician was going to waterboard her. The only saving factor is that on further reading she was allowed to pee as a full bladder wasn't required for the scan. It went on to say that on arrival, she would be given at least three cups of water to drink while she was in the waiting room. Helpfully, they described the cup with a picture alongside for those patients who were unclear on the concept of what a thin crappy piece of plastic shaped like a cup looked like. We arrived in good time and to my delight, there was a wheelchair in the main reception. The unit we needed to reach was a good 400 yards from the main entrance there was actually a door at the other end of the hospital right next to the scanning department. But middle management were concerned it was too convenient, so bolted it at the start of lockdown. And to make doubly sure, painted the hinges and stuck a note in the door explaining it was permanently closed, they didn't want patients wandering in willy-nilly, and the five-mile walk around the other way would do us the world of good. One of the wheels on the chair had a fault, which meant I kept steering mum to the left, and thinking it would help, I explained to anyone I passed that it wasn't me, it was the wheelchair, and I could in fact drive a car. Their faces told me they didn't think I should be allowed to. We veer right into the CT scan unit and find we're the only people there. This seemed to include the staff. There was a single chair, so I wheeled Mum next to it and sat down. Mum's mask had ridden up and obscured her whole face. I stifled a laugh. Are you stifling a laugh? she muffled. I'm feeling very hot. Why is it so hot in here? Is anyone around? Why isn't anyone around? I need to use the lavatory. My heart sank. It had taken three goes and two Hail Marys to get her into that seat and now she wanted to get out. More divine intervention came as a young cheerful man with a heavy Indian dialect opened a door about 50 feet away and walked towards us smiling and saying good morning. I smiled, stood up, handed over the paperwork with tick boxes to say she wasn't pregnant or in the armed forces, explained she was blind and slightly deaf. He thanked me and wheeled her off. Let me add that mum insisted she wouldn't wear her hearing aid. I said she could take it out before her scan, as it would give her a chance to hear what the nurses were saying. That advice fell on deaf ears. Always prepared, I had Saturday's crossword from the paper and sat down, expecting mum to be at least 30 minutes. Almost immediately, I heard an extremely loud voice instructing mum to sit on the couch. It was repeated five times. Then there was a pause, followed by an equally loud instruction for mum to hold her breath. At that point, another patient entered the unit. She was clearly an inpatient being wheeled by a porter. I could tell he was a porter because his uniform had Bedford train station emblazoned all over it. The patient, on hearing the shouting, looked alarmed. I explained it to my mother they were shouting at because she's blind and they're overcompensating, to which the patient leaned forward and said, pardon? With that, the door was flung open and a slightly wonky and dishevelled mother was unceremoniously handed over to me with a genuine sigh of relief by the nurse that I hadn't done a runner. I thanked him profusely and weaved my way back to the hospital entrance. We were halfway home before mum remembered to remove her mask. Her first legible words were, I was wondering why I was so hot. Well, I tell you, I'm never, and I mean never, going to have a scan again. I didn't understand a word that man said, but he was unnecessarily loud and with a funny accent. How's I supposed to know what he was saying? You've lived here 10 years, mum, and this is the only scan you've ever had, I responded thinking this would be helpful. It wasn't. So on that note, I went into a gun shop and said, I want to buy a gun for my mother. The assistant says, did you tell you what kind of gun? No, I replied. She doesn't even know I'm going to shoot her.